Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Rusk Report program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. We have a famous author with us today. I had the pleasure of having lunch with him. And uh, also with us were Jim Lewicki, president of the Polish-American Congress and Ray Jedzic, who is the head of the Kosciuszko Foundation in Western New York. The book is The Volunteer, One Man, an Underground Army and the Secret Mission to Destroy Auschwitz. And our guest is the author, Jack Fairweather. The book features maps, drawings, and 200 original photographs from the 30s and 40s that detail the breathtaking journey of Witold Pilecki. And this book is available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon and major bookstores throughout the U.S. and Canada. A little bit of information. The Auschwitz concentration camp, the epicenter of Hitler's final solution, was a living horror. Yet unimaginably, one unsung Polish patriot orchestrated his own arrest and incarceration in the death camp in order to establish a resistance network against the Nazis. In The Volunteer, and that's Custom House is the publisher, award-winning journalist, our guest today, Jack Fairweather, reconstructs the remarkable little-known story of Witold Pilecki, who spent nearly three years in the concentration camp clandestinely working to undermine the Germans and form the allies of Nazi crimes while all the time struggling to survive. It's really a very moving uh, book. Our guest today is uh, Jack Fairweather. Let's uh, learn a little bit about this breathtaking journey of Witold Pilecki. What was it all about? Author Jack Fairweather. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. Um, Witold Pilecki, it's possibly a name that a lot of your listeners haven't heard before. Um, for me, I've become convinced in five years of following in this man's footsteps that he's one of the greatest heroes of World War II. There's a really good reason why your listeners haven't heard his name before, and I'm sure we'll come on to it. But let me just tell you a little bit about this guy. In September 1940, Pilecki, a Catholic Pole from Eastern Poland, a member of the underground in Warsaw, undertook a mission for the resistance to get himself arrested and deliberately sent to Auschwitz in order to report on Nazi crimes in the camp. 
It's worth just pausing there for a moment. Paletsky volunteered for a mission to Auschwitz. It is one of the most extraordinary acts of courage. And, um, you know, remarkably, it's just the beginning of Paletsky's journey in the camp. So many acts of daring do. Between 1940 and 1943, he survived for two and a half years in the camp. He created an underground army that by 1942 was over a thousand men. They sabotaged facilities, assassinated SS officers, and most importantly, smuggled out word to the Allies about what the Nazis were doing in Auschwitz. And I think, like a lot of listeners, when I first came to this story, I thought of Auschwitz as a death camp. I didn't realize that it had been a concentration camp for Polish political prisoners at the start of the war. That's why Pilecki's story is so important historically, because he takes us from Auschwitz at its beginning to the death factory. And if the Allies had paid heed to his messages, for sure, history would have been different. Very moving uh, story. And again, this is available at Brown's, Barnes & Noble and Amazon and major bookstores throughout the U.S. and Canada. Even our European listeners can get this book. It's The Volunteer, One Man, an Underground Army, and the Secret Mission to Destroy Auschwitz. Now, I understand uh, from our lunch meeting with uh, James Lavitsky and Ray Jedzic, you talked about the Paletsky Institute. Could you tell us where this is located, what they do? Tell us about that. Jack Fairweather. Sure. Well, um, one of the remarkable things about Polish history is just how much of it was hidden over the past few decades by the communist regime. And the Pletsky Institute is a government-funded research institute that has this mission of bringing together Polish archives and making them available to researchers like myself and really helping people discover stories like Paletskis, um, which were hidden by the communist regime. And let me just fast forward to the okay. end of the Paletsky story. The reason, of course, why your listeners may not have heard his name before is because at the end of the Second World War, he fought against the communist takeover of the country. I think for a lot of us in the States and the West, we think of May 1945, the end of the war, as parades in London in New York. Hitler's dead, it's over. But that wasn't the experience for most of Eastern Europe, wasn't the experience for Poland. Paletsky, like so many Poles, was faced with this terrible choice to live under Stalin-imposed communist terror in Poland or to carry on fighting. And of course, Paletsky, you may surmise already from his biography, he kept on fighting and he was ultimately captured tortured, betrayed, and murdered by the communists, and all trace of his wartime record hidden away. In fact, it was a crime to even mention his name. People would get arrested or lose their jobs. For decades, his story was unknown, even in Poland, and it wasn't until the fall of the Iron Curtain that finally his story could start to emerge. So this is very much the story that the communists did not want you to hear. They did not want Paletsky's story of inspiration 
to inspire, to move his fellow countrymen. But of course, that's exactly why I think his story is so important today, because he shows us that even in a place like Auschwitz, at mankind's darkest hour, even there, it's possible to resist. It's possible to find bravery. It's possible to reach out and connect with your fellow man. And that's a, that's a powerful message, I think, in our own time, our own time of turmoil, you know, that we can find it in ourselves to engage, to trust one another, to fight back against all of the evils around us. A very moving um, account of the history of this uh, great man, Witold Pilecki. The author is with us today on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. Jack Fairweather, the book is The Volunteer One Man, an Underground Army, and the Secret Mission to Destroy Auschwitz. It's published by Custom House, and again, you can get it at any major bookstore that's part of uh, HarperCollins. So we encourage all of our listeners to go get a copy of The Volunteer and read this. Uh, it's a, a very moving account. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, New York, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., listening to the Rusk Report, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We'd like to thank those who called us regarding our previous shows with Ambassador Eric Javits. Uh, pancreatic cancer specialist, uh, Dr. Earl Campazzi, and New York State Republican Chair Nick Langworthy. Coming up, we'll have a program on the employer support of the National Guard with Mo Nylon and Bill Cleary. And also, we'll have a program on the uh, PBS program, Flavor of Poland. A little plug here, ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. A little bit more information about this book, The Volunteer, by Jack Fairweather. Polecki's exploits were suppressed for decades after the war by Poland's communist government, but with the collapse of the Soviet Union in 89 and the opening of the archives in Warsaw, the story of his heroic mission slowly emerged. Jack Fairweather has drawn on Polecki's own accounts, including previously uncovered writings. Our guest today, Jack Fairbanks, author of The Volunteer. Let's um, uh, talk a little bit about the memorial to one of Poland's greatest war heroes. Let's talk about why this is necessary to honor and salute and learn from the legacy of Witold Polecki. Polecki died in 1948, believing that he had failed in his mission to warn the Allies about what was happening in the camp. What I wanted to do with my research, with the telling of his story, was to show that Polecki 
did not fail, that the failure lay with the Allies. By my count, at least 10 of Paletsky's messengers managed to escape the camp, bearing news of Nazi crimes. Each one of those messages bore a plea to the Allies to attack the camp, to try and stop what was happening there. And I got to follow those messages across occupied Europe, all the way to London. I found the correspondence among the Allied commanders, the RAF who considered Paletsky's request to bomb the camp. And it became clear to me that Paletsky had not failed. He managed to get out word. And it was one of those goosebump moments in the research when my researcher called me up from London. She'd been searching around in one of these dusty archives in Ealing, and she said, Jack, I found Paletsky's first message from the camp. And she read it to me over the phone. It was so eerie and prescient. This is what Paletsky said shortly after arriving in the camp and witnessing already the horrific treatment of prisoners. This is before the final solution. He said, please, for the love of God, bomb this camp, even if it means killing all of us prisoners, because what's happening here is so terrible, it has to stop. And that was Paletsky's message, repeated time and again. Um, you know, the risk he and his men took to get out those words is extraordinary. Every day he was in danger of being executed, his family being rounded up and murdered, as was every one of his men. Paletsky put his life on the line to warn the Allies, and it's one of the tragedies of his story that they didn't listen, and we know the terrible consequences mm -hmm. of not listening. The second tragedy is, of course, the way in which the communists then tried to delete his history, and that for so long his heroism has gone unobserved. And, you know, that's really driven me in my mission to, um, to speak to you, Brian, to try and tell as many people as possible about this man. Um, you know, I have struggled, I think, like a lot of your listeners, to come to terms with the Holocaust, to come to terms with Auschwitz. And what I would say is that as soon as I came across Paletsky's story, I knew I had found the way to engage with the camp. He is such a flash of light through the camp. It's a story of unbelievable bravery and heroism that I think will really enchant your listeners. Um, and it takes you right through the camp. And every time you're sort of struck by the horror, you're also inspired by how Paletsky responded to it. Wonderful story. Again, the book is available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. It's uh, published by William Morrow, and the book is The Volunteer, One Man, an Underground Army, and the Secret Mission to Destroy Auschwitz. And our guest today is Jack Fairweather, recommended by Jim Lewicki, President of the Polish-American Congress, and Raymond Jedzic, President of the Kosciuszko Foundation in Western New York. Let's talk a little bit about this shaming indictment of the Western Allies' failure to act. Why didn't they act? Is it that they didn't know or they just didn't want to get involved? What happened? 
Well, that's that's a great question and one that I felt I had to tell in the book. I had to get to the bottom of you know why they didn't respond to Paletsky's reports. And when that first one arrived in London, uh, the Christmas of 1940, Britain stood alone against the Nazi threat. There was the blitz going on. There was only 190 RAF bombers, that's the Royal Air Force, um, flying to Auschwitz would have been the longest mission they'd ever undertaken. There were some pretty good reasons for why they couldn't attack Auschwitz then. But of course, what then happened as the years went by was the Americans joined the war. Suddenly, American planes with the capacity to reach deep into Germany, to reach the camp with huge payloads of bombs, came online. During this period, the Polish underground continued to report on what was happening in Auschwitz. And, you know, I came to the view that whilst I understood that initial uh, refusal to bomb Auschwitz, by the end of the war, the evidence was so overwhelming. Um, what Paletsky had to tell the world was so convincing that it. I came to see the Allies' response as a massive failing. And, um, you know, I think that comes across comes across in the book. And it's a really important message for us today because, you know, what Paletsky did, why his example is so important, is that he shows us that you need to reach out and connect with the suffering around you. That's what he did every single day. Um, it's really striking that about a year into his time in the camp, Soviet POWs start arriving. And the Soviet Union instigated World War II along with Hitler. The Soviet Union actually occupied Paletsky's own home, had hounded his wife and kids, tried to arrest them. The Soviet Union was the enemy of Poland, and yet here were prisoners from the Soviet Union arriving in the camp. Paletsky risked his life to reach out to them, to record how the Nazis were treating them, and to send out word to the to the West and you know that is truly inspiring that a man you know could see beyond the label of his enemy and see that they were suffering and realize that something had to be done and you know that's that's really his his message you know can we reach out to those we disagree with today um, it's a question it's one that you know I think we all face every day when we listen to the news. Are we reaching out to those that we that we don't see eye to eye with? Um, Paletsky did it in Auschwitz. I think, um, I hope the message is that we can do it um, in relative peace today. We're learning a great deal from the author of the book, The Volunteer, One Man, an Underground Army and the Secret Mission to Destroy Auschwitz. Our guest today is the author, Jack Fairweather. It is uh, published by HarperCollins. It's available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. We recommend all of our listeners to get a copy of this book. And I'd like to mention that Jack Fairweather is in Buffalo, New York, and he is a guest of the Holocaust Resource Center of Buffalo and the Permanent Chair of Polish Culture on commemoration of UN Holocaust Remembrance Day and the 75th anniversary of the liberation of the Auschwitz death camp. And um, we're honored to have him with us today. He's a former Washington Post war correspondent and, again, author of The Volunteer. And this is uh, regarding um, 
the true story of a resistance hero, Witold Palecki, who infiltrated Auschwitz. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the appalling crimes that Palecki uh, witnessed. Uh, what crimes did he witness, Jack Fairweather? Um, you could almost ask, Brian, what crimes didn't he witness? Um, Auschwitz was truly one of the most terrible places on earth. When Palecki arrived in September 1930 on, uh, 1940 on his mission, it was a concentration camp for Polish political prisoners, a place of unusual, mm -hmm. terrible brutality. Prisoners were on starvation rations, forced to do unbelievably hard labor around the camp. They were beaten, shot, tortured, and that was just the beginning. Pletsky witnessed each step that the Nazis took in the camp towards the final solution. The next was the euthanization of sick prisoners, Polish prisoners, in the makeshift hospital. Then the first gas experiments performed on Polish prisoners and Soviet POWs. And then, of course, the final solution itself, when fa Jewish families from all across Europe were brought to the camp to be exterminated. The horror is unimaginable, and um, it's you know a very poignant part of the book, um, the moment in which Palecki realizes that his messages aren't getting through to the Allies. And he's filled with a sense of guilt. He had survived when so many around him were perishing. And um, I write it about it in the book, this scene where he sees a family outside the crematorium near the main gate waiting to be executed and he locks eyes with them and he knows they're about to be killed and he can see in their eyes that they know it too and in the group is a 10 year old boy it's the same age as his own son at the time and um, that night he lies awake thinking about that family and realizing for all of their talk about uprising and all of their assassinating of SS men in the camp he hadn't been able to save a single child um, and you know, the amazing thing about Paletsky is even in that lowest moment, he's working out how to turn it into something heroic. He uses that sense of guilt and shame to propel him to his final great act in the camp, and that is his own escape from Auschwitz. So it is pretty amazing how Paletsky managed to orchestrate getting himself into the camp. It's a story I go into in the book. But even more amazing is how he works out to escape. And, um, you know, he duly does it. He does it because he thinks he wants to rally a force to attack Auschwitz and destroy the camp. That's his plan. Now, you tell us about um, Witold uh, Paletsky's escape from the camp. What happened for the rest of his life after? Right, so Paletsky escaped. It's um, it's a pretty nail-biting, you know, seat-of-your-pants ride as he flees the camp across Nazi-occupied Poland to a safe house and begins desperately trying to rally the underground. We've got to attack the camp, he says. We've got to attack it. This is a crucial point in the war when he escapes in April 1943. It's 
just after Stalingrad, Soviet forces are beginning to push back against the Germans and the Polish underground's beginning to realize that they may well be facing Soviet occupation. Mm-hmm. And Paletsky heads up to Warsaw to continue his, his mission. And by the time he gets there, it's the summer of 43, and he's told, you know, this your priority now is preparing for an uprising against the diminishing German forces to stake our claim to independence before the Russians get here. This is our focus on the survival of Poland. And, you know, Pilecki, he was a patriot. He was a Polish patriot of the highest order. And, of course, he recognized the need to make that claim for Polish independence. He fought in the Warsaw Uprising. Um, extraordinary battle. Pilecki and his unit were in this little sort of beachhead right inside German lines, fighting away throughout the, you know, th- throughout the uprising. He's eventually recaptured by the Germans and ends the war in a, in a POW camp, liberated by US forces. And that's when he has his next big choice. Does he you know, return to Poland um, to fight against the communists? Does he try and get his family out to live in exile? And, you know, Paletsky, you know, just every time he makes that decision to keep on fighting, he's just a man of the most extraordinary patriotic duty and sense of moral service. And, you know, I think everyone listening will take something away, will be inspired by him, um, by any one of his acts. So he escaped, he went back to Warsaw, and then what happened after that to him? So by, he, you know, after the war, he's in Warsaw, he's creating a new cell, this time to report on communist crimes against the Polish people. And, you know, the, one of the things I was found really striking in the research was discovering the extent to which the war did not end in Poland in May 1945. Some of the most brutal ethnic relocations took place, not by the Germans, but by mm-hmm. Stalin at the end of the war. 11 million people forced from their homes, millions of Germans, Poles, as Stalin tried to reorder the map of Eastern Europe. There was an insurgency raging in much of the country, mass rape by Soviet forces, um, a truly terrifying and brutal time. And Paletsky made it his mission to report on that. And he was tragically betrayed um, by um, by a uh, secret uh, Polish secret policeman who uh, infiltrated his group and that led to his capture and then brutal torture and there's a quote that he gives um, at his trial he's able to meet his wife briefly Maria and he tells her Auschwitz was a game compared to this and it's um, you know that really is such a sucker punch um, when you think what he, this man has already gone through for his country, you know, he's been brutally tortured by, in some ways, his own countrymen. Of course, I think, you know, we might not think of Polish communists of 
that brutal regime as real poles. Um, but at any any um, any event, he um, he was executed, and and that was how the communists um, thought that they would end the story. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. We've learned a great deal from a brilliant author, Jack Fairweather author of The Volunteer, One Man, An Underground Army, and The Secret Mission to Destroy Auschwitz. Again, it's available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production, and Ray Jedjic and Jim Lewicki for recommending this program. Thank you for enlightening us, Jack Fairweather, author. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.